For some reason tonight, I'm feeling really nostalgic. Maybe it's because we've been talking about all of our great memories together. I remember the first time that Jesus came towards me and asked me to join him in his mission and ministry. I'd known Jesus pretty much my whole life. We grew up in the same community. And actually, my dad Joseph built some boats for her, uh, or his dad Joseph built some boats for my dad for our fishing business. Jesus was a little bit older than I was, but I always thought he was pretty cool. So that day that he approached, I always knew there was something different. And so when he said, Peter, drop those nets, come follow me. I didn't give him a second to rethink that. I was in. My wife, however, was not a huge fan of that. But a little while later, when my mother-in-law became ill, my wife was able to see the gifts that Jesus gave to the world and the incredible healings that he brought. And she agreed that I needed to learn as much as I could from this Jesus. And did I ever, the things that I saw, the wonders that I witnessed, feeding people, thousands of people from practically nothing, eyes opening and ears hearing for the first time, Jesus raising people from not only their beds, but literally from death itself. It was incredible. And you may have heard about that early morning when Jesus came walking towards us on the water and my pride got in the way a little bit like it likes to do and well, you know what happened there. But anyway, I'm getting distracted. This is time to be with my friends. Yeah, it's been a good few years. Nothing's gonna shake me. Nothing's gonna surprise me. My faith's rock solid. What's Jesus? <laughs> What's Jesus doing over there? He's taking off his cloak and tying a towel around his waist. And now he's picked up a basin and a pitcher and he's bringing it back over towards the table. Did he spill something? I, I'm not sure what's happened. Oh, is he? He's washing the feet of the other disciples. I, I cannot. I cannot believe this. He is our teacher and our Lord. If we were just sharing in our meal together, what if this is a test? I bet it's a test for him to see if I can be faithful so I can finally prove to him that I'm worthy of this loving community. So when it's my turn, I know what I'm gonna do. So Jesus is right in front of me looks at me and says, Peter, can I wash your feet? Oh, no, Jesus, you are far too great and wonderful. You are my teacher and my Lord. You cannot wash my feet. How about I wash yours? Jesus kind of looks at me. Peter, you don't know why I'm doing this, but you will soon. Let me wash your feet. I'm still really uncomfortable about this. It's just too close, it's too intimate. It's 
Jesus, you cannot wash my feet. I will never let you wash my feet. They're gross. We've been walking everywhere. No. And then his eyes narrow in on me. He says, Peter, if you don't let me wash your feet, you are not part of me. What? After all we've been through? Jesus would separate himself from me for a foot washing? I, I can't have that happen. Okay, Jesus, okay. Please wash my feet, but don't just wash my feet, but wash my head and my hands as well. Please, I do not want to be separated from you. And Jesus just looks at me and smiles, washes my feet. And I've never felt so vulnerable. After Jesus finished washing the feet of the disciples in the upper room, he looked around and said, do you know what I have done for you? And for once, Peter doesn't throw his hand up with an answer. He doesn't blurt something out. They all sit quietly, unsure about what has just happened. And Jesus explains to his followers that they are to serve others as he has served them. As he washed their feet, they are supposed to wash the feet of others. And in fact, their identifying trait in his followers are supposed to be how well they love one another. But there has to be more to love than washing feet, right? What Jesus was teaching his disciples was not proper pedicure procedure. Rather, it was vulnerability. And to be able to truly love people when they are at their most vulnerable, which is what Jesus has instructed his followers to do, we need to experience what it's like to be loved when we are vulnerable. Dr. Brene Brown has a lot to say about vulnerability. If you've ever listened to any of her podcasts or read any of her books. And she says in her book, Gifts of Imperfection, until we can receive with an open heart, we're never really giving with an open heart. When we attach judgment to receiving help, we knowingly or unknowingly attach judgment to giving help. By not wanting Jesus to wash his feet, Peter places judgment on himself and on others. And we see how his pride prevents him from the full experience of that holy moment. And in the service of this foot washing, Jesus challenges Peter's pride, which demonstrates that surrendering to vulnerability is just as important as serving others. As a society, as people, as a church for that matter, we do not like asking for help. I'm sure you can all think of someone, or maybe even it's you, that has let um, a health concern or a personal need go on far too long because we don't want to ask for help. And then when we do ask for help that we really didn't want to ask for in the first place, it's really easy for our feelings to get big and for us to act out. Some respond by avoiding, others get angry, some people make jokes, anything to distract us from these deep feelings that don't make us feel comfortable. 
I know I'm guilty of saying, oh, I'll just figure it out. In the back of my head, I'm like, huh, probably not. What if we let ourselves be vulnerable before we had to be? What if we let ourselves wash and be washed before we had to be? I think this lesson is so important to Jesus because he experienced this love himself not long before he washed the feet of his disciples. According to all four gospels, there is a woman who comes and anoints Jesus. The stories vary on whether she anointed his head or his feet, wiping his feet with her hair, washing them with her tears, and the disciples, or excuse me, the gospels vary on why it happened, where it happened, who it was, but the message behind it was love and that she had love to give and Jesus received it. And despite the judgment of the people around him saying, Jesus, why are you letting this woman waste this oil when the money from it could be given to care for the poor. And Jesus teaching in that moment, you will always have opportunities to love and care for the poor as you should. But I'm about to pour out my entire being so this world might know love. And this woman is offering me love right now. And I'm going to be brave enough to accept it. Jesus set an example there too. Letting others love us makes us stronger. Letting people do things for us is hard. Asking for help is sometimes harder. Admitting we need to change our practices or the way we think about things is not fun. Showing vulnerability can make us want to crawl out of our skins. It's so uncomfortable sometimes. And that's when a tight squeeze might help us get back into our bodies, back into the moment, take a deep breath, and show up as we are open to learn from one another. Jesus opened the door to this type of bravery, giving his disciples permission to love and care for each other because he knows they're going to need it for what's coming. And I believe he knew we would need it too. In his last night with his friends, Jesus didn't throw the end all be all of parties. He didn't have organized games or a sign-up sheet for who would bring a dessert. But he created space that felt familiar, that felt comfortable. I would even argue that felt like home in order to invite the disciples into this space of vulnerability. I've heard from some people that when they are dealing with the death of someone that they love, a lot of times they reflect on the last words or the last experience they had with that person. And those words and those memories engrave themselves on their heart as something sacred and special. And this was that moment for the disciples. Jesus knowing that this would be some of the most important words he could say and some of the last words his disciples would ever hear him speak spoke of love and acted in vulnerable service to others. Jesus didn't speak about how we should organize a church. He didn't give them a list of what was right 
who was wrong. Even though he was about to give up his life, he didn't berate them with words of guilt and shame for their sins. Instead, he gave them a mandate. Mondi actually means mandate, which is why we call the Thursday of Holy Week Monday Thursday. Jesus mandates his followers to create spaces for loving one another as Christ loved them. The carriers of the gospel need good news too. And do you know what Jesus did for us in that moment? He gave us all permission to be who we are, to feel our feelings, to show up even when we don't have it all together, even if our feelings come out sideways, like continued to happen to Peter. He tried so hard to fight that vulnerability, to take control of the situation, refusing to receive this act of love from Jesus. And then when that meant possible separation, jumping to the other side and asking for more, begging for all he could get, grasping for control, still wanting something extra to solidify his place with Jesus. And even still, despite that experience, Peter messes up just a few hours later, a few times. And I wonder if that was another way that Peter was responding to this vulnerability that was new and hadn't been experienced. Because loving one another like Christ loved is hard. And I can't imagine what that would have felt like. And then seeing all that was about to happen after feeling that connection. I know asking for help and admitting vulnerability is scary. When we go through a really rough time, like a lot of us have been, when we don't know what's going to happen next, when we've pivoted to another plan after already pivoting three times, mistakes are going to happen. We might find ourselves saying or doing things that we never thought ourselves capable. Things might be misspoken. Names might be mispronounced, just like that. Things might not come out the way we mean them to. Our feelings might come out sideways. But we can learn a thing or two in those moments if we offer each other grace. So how will we respond to this mandate from Jesus? Will we shut one another out? Will we keep distracting ourselves so we don't have to deal with what's hard? Will we continue the polarizing fights rooted in dehumanization and misunderstanding? Jesus calls us to love each other like he loves us. Jesus calls us to offer care and grace and understanding to one another as we navigate these really difficult circumstances and have really uncomfortable but important conversations as a community. So when we are overwhelmed by vulnerability, when we are tempted to act out or hide away, may we show up anyway. May we be known for the ways that we love one another. And when Jesus asks us, my beloved, can I wash your feet? May we accept that gift of love. I'd like to invite you to give yourself a squeeze. Give yourself a squeeze.
nice and slow. Take a deep breath. And just let go of all the things that keep us living in fear so that we might be people who truly know the incredible, redeeming, vulnerable love of Jesus. Amen.